Good morning, everybody. This is Grant from State of the Spark. Excited for Monday. I love Monday. TGIM. Thank goodness it's Monday. I am pumped for today's show. We're going to have a really good time today. Um, and I want to cover an, a topic today that I think is very useful, especially for a Monday, especially because all good things happen at the beginning of things, right? Like New Year's Eve is a good time to start some habits. Monday's a great time to start some habits. So we're actually going to cover uh, what we call atomic spark habits or what I'm calling this morning as atomic star spark habits. We're going to cover that. Um, but as usual, we've got awesome other news to cover together. And we're going to be talking about fun stuff. Like, I can't wait to get into it. We're going to get it. But before any of that, it's Monday. Grant, could you tone it down a little bit and just start absolutely nice and easy for me? You've got it. We're going to start with a happy cup of gratitude. We're going to cover that together. And before we get into that, I just want to make sure that you guys know, if you need help launching your own vision and dream, translating that into a small business or launching a business or a dream or an organization, or you're just trying to elevate your art, whatever that is, if you need support, visit us at stateofthespark.com. There's a lot of killer services there. And also, if you want to just get some good interaction, check us out at the Goals and Gratitude group on Facebook. That's all I have to say about that. Let's talk about gratitude. Here we go. Mm. I love my first sip of morning coffee. That's my first sip of morning coffee today. So what I'm grateful for today, and I'd love to hear from you on what you are grateful for today. Do share a piece of gratitude. I am very grateful for bad times outdoors. You heard me correct. I'm grateful for bad times outdoors. Yesterday, me and Marissa, um, Saturday, Marissa says, Grant, we're going to go to Hillsborough River State Park and, and do a hike. And I'm like, all right. And then I was coming down with a little bit of a headache. She was definitely coming down with a headache. And she said, forget it. We're not going. Well, we wake up Sunday morning and we're just lying in bed. And I said, hey, you feel well enough to go for a hike? And she said, yeah. So we got up. We threw our shoes on. We rushed over to Hillsborough River State Park after a stint at the coffee shop, of course. And we hiked. And Marissa quoted something from a book she's reading. Marissa is kind of trying to give shape to her passion, being outdoors and helping other people connect with their world or explore their world. So Spark explores all about that. And she's reading a book called Forest Bathing. I'm sure you've heard of the concept of forest bathing, but what most people didn't know is that it was a Japanese art. And I think that art is Shin, Shinru Yoku or Shinri Yoku. I'm probably saying it wrong. But one of their quotes is, even a bad trip outdoors is a better trip indoor than indoors. And what they mean by that is simply this. The research is in that if you spent an hour outdoors, your productivity and focus go up measurably by 20%. So me and Marissa went to a park that we liked. The, one, of the, one of the bridges was out, so we had to backtrack. And then we went to the back country where the primitive is, where the primitive camping is. And the primitive camping site was overgrown. And the back trail was overgrown. We were getting whipped in the face by, by all. Marissa says, Shinrin Yoku. Thank you, baby doll. Shinrin Yoku, that's what it is. And so we were hiking in the backcountry and getting whipped by trees and whipped by plants. And eventually we were, I would, my headache was starting to get worse because a storm was coming in and we had plenty of water and we were fit enough to do this. Everyone settled down. We had the fitness level we needed, but it was not the best day outdoors. 
but we were grateful for it still. If that's a paradox, can you do that? Can you have not a, the greatest time outdoors, but still be full of gratitude? And we were, and we came back and it was exactly what I needed. And yes, I had to crash. I had to take a nap, but that pattern interrupt to how fast my brain's been moving on things lately was exactly what I need. So this morning, my morning cup of gratitude is for even bad days outdoors. Thanks for taking us on that trip, love. Here we go. Mm. So in other news, what craziness is going on out there? Well, in bad news, Eddie Van Halen died this month, yeah. But good news behind that is that David Lee Roth is, is, is leading by example. For those of you who know or have been paying attention to my Facebook stories, my Instagram stories, you might catch me at odd hours painting the Enso. And this is the ancient Japanese art of focusing on a particular image. And that's this image. And oh, there we go. And that image means certain things, but the art is a challenge that I've had. And so it's a very challenging meditation to actually paint the Enso. Well, in other news, rock and roll celebrity is doing nothing more rock and roll than adding the Japanese art form of sumi-e to his repertoire of artists. Now, for those who don't know David Lee Roth, this guy's a talented musician. He's a talented artist. He's a talented rock star. But is, along with all of that, bro goes along, and get this, get this. The interviewer said, how did you learn the ancient Japanese painting art of sumi-e? And he said, uh, well, I took two years off and moved to Japan <laughs> to practice and perfect the art of sumi-e. Dude, this guy, and, and, and the interviewer's like, you took two years off? And he turned to him and said, well, what would you do if you were a rock star and you had already bought all the things you want to buy? He said, what I view is being a rock star celebrity is a passport to the world, and I want to go get into it, was his phrase. And so what the ancient Japanese art of sumi-e painting is basically black ink painting. And it's the art of using black ink. And I'm sure you've seen long scripts. I've got one actually somewhere uh, in the house where it's this, this long scroll, but they use they basically use black ink. And once that black ink has hit the, the papyrus or whatever it is they're painting on, the paper or the canvas, then they actually add detail to it. And David Lee Roth has done this, but he actually takes it to the next level where he's actually done some sci-fi art, which is phenomenal. So I've got a link here for you. Boom. Boom. There's that link. And this thing is awesome. This, this, uh, there it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. This thing is awesome because it actually shows that he's got like what I would call like rock opera level of, there we go. There we go. Rock opera level of art. Like he takes it. There's the link right there for you. If you need it to check that out. But it's got like these awesome buildings and these awesome bubble planetary ships and all kinds of cool stuff. So there you have it. David Lee Roth is an awesome artist who's taking things to the next level. So that's other news number one in art news. Other news number two. What the crap is a Zepto second? Here we go. So I was going to open this piece up by asking you a fun riddle. What do you call the time it takes? for a photon, a light particle, to cross the distance of a hydrogen atom. <laughs> 247 zeptoseconds. Come on now. Listen, this is a trillionth of a billionth of a second, also known as 
a decimal point, and 20 zeros followed by a one. Now, why, pray tell, would they need to, in God's green earth, measure or say zeptoseconds? I guess there was enough lab technicians floating around trying to decide how long does it really take for a photon to pass the, the width of a hydrogen atom. And I'm sure in conversation, they just got really sick of saying, well, you know, it's a millionth of a billionth of a second. It's a billionth of a minute. You know what I'm talking about. And finally someone says, hey, Zed, we're just gonna call this a zeptosecond and just like call it a day, right? Now, before they had zeptoseconds, they had something called femtoseconds, which is only a meager millionth of a billionth of a second. Oh, that's right, zeptoseconds is a trillionth of a billionth. I'm sorry, and femtoseconds is a meager millionth of a billionth of a second. So I find it extraordinarily interesting. We talk a lot about space. We talk a lot about space and science and nerding out and what's going on out there and what's Elon doing, but we don't nearly talk frequently enough about the small. And I think that there are many pioneering moments made on the small, but many of the space Pioneer thresholds that are happening are happening at the human scale, and I think we can conceive of those pretty well. Anyways, that's other news number two for the cooler. If you're around the water cooler at work or hanging with your awesome employees today or even just thinking about how small a zeptosecond actually is, I'm sure there's a great brain mental exercise or zen moment with understanding what the crap a zeptosecond is. Here we go. Last piece of other news, and then we're going on with atomic spark habits. Here we go. Neuroscience study has added additional research. This is not the first time that this research has actually been proven, but there is a new round of research proving further that placebo, non-deceptive placebos actually make a measurable distance in reducing stress. Let me quote this for you. That's what I was reading over here. Let me quote this for you. Non-deceptive placebos lead to genuine psychological, psychological effects, reducing brain markers for emotional distress, even when people are aware they're taking an inactive substance. So we've often heard it said quite a bit, and I recommend you research this so you know that I am not making this up. For the longest time, placebos have as equal success rates as many medications. So you might have found a medication that works for your neurology. Maybe it reduced your anxiety. Maybe it reduced your depression, something along those lines. I have taken several of the substances when I was going through my depression phase, and some of them worked, and some of them just messed me up, right? I highly recommend you look into placebo specifically. Check out the book, You Are the Placebo. Here, let me just write this in the comments here. You are the placebo. This is a fantastic book that Marissa and I uh, read and were exposed to where it was showing it non-deceptive placebos. If you tell someone this is full of nothingness, but I want you to take it, you will actually see a psychological improvement because people think about how powerful your brain is in this. And this is, this is what the research is leading to. People think, meh, Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, I don't know. And then they're actually told, this is a placebo. Good morning, Autumn, thanks for liking the show. I hope you're doing fantastic this morning. Maybe they think, eh, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. They're even told, hey, placebos have a percentage of success that pars for most pharmaceutical drugs as it comes to neurology. And they go, meh, well then maybe it'll work. 
And when they think that, or maybe it won't work, maybe it's interesting, but the openness that occurs actually improves the markers for and reduces the markers for stress, improves the markers for attitude adjustment. So here's what I want to drop on you. No, and I got to give you this link. So again, you know, I am not making this up. This is like research and it's something that I, being a positive psychology guy, being into personal development, having studied this, I know this is true. This has worked for me. Fake it till you make it is not lying to yourself. Fake it till you make it is actually owning. I know placebos work. Non-deceptive placebos work. And knowing that they work, you're not faking it till you're making it. You're convincing yourself until you believe something else. And, and then if you could just get the results that are on par with the average pharmaceutical drug, then go seek augmented real things, right? But at least give yourself the crack at, at the non-deceptive placebos. So again, if you are just checking in, you need to realize the power of non And I don't just mean drugs. Like even positive thinking, I sit right here. This is my dream book. I carry this with me everywhere. It goes with me in my backpack. And it's got like some mantras I say. And then in blue over here, where are we at? Uh, oh, it's not in blue anymore. I updated it in white. These are like my top 247 goals. And I repeat them and I repeat them. So does personal, does positive thinking work, Grant? Well, I mean, it works as well as any pharmaceutical does. Plus because then it also gets my reticular activating cortex focus. There goes my love of my life. Marissa just drops on. You are the placebo. Thank you so much, babe. Here, let's actually put that up so people can see. Boom. You are the placebo. She has the Amazon link. So jump over to uh, Facebook or YouTube, whichever platform you're watching this on and go ahead and click that link right there. Thanks, love. That's to the book. You are the placebo. And it's a fantastic book that actually talks about, listen, this is not to deride. Lisa says it sure does work. Absolutely, it works. This is not to deride pharmaceuticals or deride psych like standard psychology. This is to know that you have as much power right here between your ears, behind your eyes. You have as much power there as the average pharmaceutical and then some. Good morning, Lisa. I hope your Monday's going fantastic, dear. We had a great meeting last week, us and Lisa, and I think we're going to actually do some seriously good things for her business. Let's move forward. So that's other news. David Lee Roth is an awesome Japanese artist who took two years off. Zepto seconds are how you measure the speed of a photon moving the distance of a hydrogen atom. And neuroscience is telling us, listen, there's more and more research every day that placebos are as effective as anything else. So get on the placebo train. Here we go. So we're going to talk about Atomic spark habit. So let's talk about this. I've got a fun thing for you. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in a state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the smarter or faster man, but sooner or later, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can.
Leecher Davis says, faking it until you're making it is a long-used practice of combating negative thoughts, non-supportive people, and unfavorable conditions. We're making it now before we did. We're making it exist now before we did. Remember the little engine that could? I think I can. Let's go. Good morning, Leecher. Thank you for dropping that love nugget right there. And Lisa Welsh says, yes, we're going to do good things. Harvesting micros for the gym. I love it. So what was this poem I just recited? I love reciting these poems. I love memorizing poems. This is actually the first poem in my dream machine. There's other quotes here. Uh, there are no limitations to the mind except those we uh, accept for ourselves. Um, there's a ton of material in here. And why am I calling this out? What are we doing with memorization? In our goals and gratitude group, someone brought up I actually asked the question, do you trust your intuition? And this opened up a conversation that you can train your intuition. And we're going to do a video on training your intuition. And we talk specifically about first principles. But I want to remind you that as much as I love technology, I'm coming to you through technology and multi-stream. You know I love technology and where we're going. But the downside is things like memorization, things like intuition, Things like deep insights are fading quickly from the human psyche. And we're talking about atomic spark habits because I believe that the top way to train intuition is to train your habits. So I promised a video on that. We're going to do a deeper video on that on another time. But someone else jumped in and said, I want to hear about this. And it alluded to this thing we've been talking about over the last week or so. And that is, I believe, leadership in an accelerated market the accelerated world and how leadership is not just on this spectrum of I've got to grind or die or on the other side of the spectrum of I'm going to run away now from everything. It's the ability to focus and float. And I always have this signal that we're going to float and play in the water that other people are letting themselves drown in or, and then we're going to help those people. Right. And how we do that is seeing through the busyness, being able to absorb all the inputs or maybe even make wise decisions about filtering those inputs in order to think clearly. So as we talked about intuition, I started thinking more and more about focus and habits. And I was thinking, man, everybody wants to move so fast. When we were talking about intuition, what they were getting at is, Grant, I need to make a smarter piece of intuition. Why? Because I'm not going to slow down. I'm never going to slow down. I'm just going to move so fast. I'm just going to move so fast. It's Monday. We've got to move so fast. And I want to make also quality decisions in moving fast. Sorry to tell you, there's a phrase in the military that says, slow is smooth. Smooth is accurate accurate is fast. Now, I know this falls on people like Marissa's ears and says, oh, thank God we're going to slow down. Hear me on this. I didn't say slow is smooth, smooth is right. A lot of people are going slow in their business because they're looking for the right way to do things. A lot of people are going slow in their life and not bringing intensity in their life because they're trying to do it right. Listen to me. Hear me on this. I don't drop too many, too many brilliant golden nuggets. This morning's golden nugget is this. There is no right way, but there is an accurate way. Slow is smooth. Smooth is accurate. Accurate is fast. There is a way to make a plan. There is a way to flow with things. So when it comes to your business or your dream or your ambition, I know Alitra is in music. I know Lisa is in microgreens. I know Marissa is doing Spark Explorer. 
There's no right way to do those things, my lovely friends. <laughs> but there's an accurate way. And what is accurate when it comes to your business? Well, if accuracy is hitting the target every single time, the inverse opposite of this in your dream is when you wake up and hit different targets or miss the target and hit the wall. That sounds more like lack of focus to me. Slow is smooth, smooth is accurate, accurate is fast. In business, slow is smooth, smooth is accurate, accurate is focused. Today, we're gonna talk about habits. And specifically, I wanna talk to you about the atomic spark habits, and I'm only borrowing that from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Because atomic habits, we'll get into that in a second, but we're talking about this because this is the, mo the most important set of habits you build are the habits that build focus. They're habits that put focus between your ears and help you actually get better at thinking clearly. Now, if we're reading between the lines, this is a continuation of sorts of how to be a leader in an accelerated marketplace. So I want to give you three quick principles. They're just core guiding principles of what I call the spark atomic habits. And then I'm going to give you my four top habits. Okay. I'm going to give you my four top habits and, and we're going to break these down so that they're actionable today. So here we go. The three principles of spark atomic habits. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Here we go. Number one, the smallest possible unit to act on. So James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, he opens with the idea of this, that habits are done repeatedly and often unconsciously. Repeatedly and often unconsciously. It sounds like that concept of intuition, right? Repeatedly but unconsciously. You just want to go to that thing, you know? Instead of grabbing ice cream as I am wont to do, <laughs> often want to do, instead of grabbing the ice cream, you grab that juice in the fridge. There's a strategy for that. And then atomic. Why does he call them atomic habits? Because they are the smallest possible unit. So let's talk about that briefly. You know, I interviewed, I don't know if you were around at the time that I interviewed Ausstis Thor's daughter, Ausstis Adoran Thor's daughter, the three-time Icelandic champion. And I'm going to drop it there for you if you need that. Three-time Icelandic javelin champion. And we had a good long conversation. You could watch the interview. She's a fantastic person. But she said this. She said, you know, if I had one secret key, it's to break things down into the absolute smallest possible unit and act on that. So my first of the three key principles for Spark Atomic Habits is this. You have to pick what we call chunking. Chunk it down to the smallest possible unit to act on. I will give you examples of that in a second. Bear with me. The second principle is this. Focus is the goal. Author and, I guess, optimizer, biohacker Tim Ferriss says, the research suggests that multitasking can reduce productivity by up to 40%. Think about that multitasking can reduce productivity by up to 40%. That's why in Marissa's forest bathing research, it says an hour in the forest, even on a bad day, can improve productivity by 20% because you're focused on one thing. Now, you have a lot of unconscious benefits. We could talk about green light and unconscious benefits later. But from a focus perspective, you're focusing on one thing, walking, right? 
So we call focus follow one course until successful. F O C U S follow one course until successful. That's the that's a very basic freedom framework from State of the Spark on focus. So if we remember that the second principle, if the first principle is the smallest possible unit, the second principle is the habits you build should be building focus. Focus is the goal. And number three, here we go. Focus on leading actions. Here, I'm going to type this and put this on the screen so that I can keep talking here. Leading actions. Focus on leading actions. Why focus on leading actions? In sales, we often talk about, here's your sales goal for the day. <clears throat> And people are like, oh my gosh, I've got to get 50 sales, 100 sales, 10 sales. But can you actually generate sales? Can you go and generate a close? Well, skilled professional salesmen can. But the truth is, is how skilled professional salesmen do it is by focusing on the leading action. And that's by going on sales calls or making sales calls. So if they know that they have a closing ratio of 10%, and they need to make 10 sales, they know they need to make 100 phone calls and then follow up sales calls. This is the concept of leading actions versus lagging actions. If Leetra Davis wants to be a singer and a musician, and she wants people to buy her records all over the world, there's leading actions and there's lagging actions. The leading actions is she has to produce so much music, it's not funny. I want to continue to build up my training business. I want training clients. That's a lagging action. I also want to continue what I have been doing for years in that stage speaking, but I also want to be a better coach and a better thinker. Well, better coach and a better thinker. I got all these lagging actions. What's a good leading action? This show. I have to come up with content. I have to know what I'm saying. Every single day, I have to come up with content. I have to have a structure. I have to communicate that better and better and better. I've got to hit on a vein that resonates with people. I could talk about uh, I could talk about any principle, but it's got to resonate with people. So why am I doing these shows every day? Doing a show every single day is what I would compare to Litra writing a song every day. Lisa Welsh planting another round of microgreens, making more sales calls. This is my grind or die. I get up and I have to deliver value. That's my leading action. So if the first principle is pick the smallest possible unit of action and the second principle is focus is the goal of all this, making a better brain, making a better thought, conjuring better thinking. The third is define your leading actions. So what we're going to talk about now, those are the three principles. Write those down, capture them somewhere, uh, and we can follow up and capture in the comments later. But I want to give you four habits, just four. And I want to talk about their spark atomic habits. So we're gonna, I'm going to categorize these. Let's review these real quick. Uh, at the highest level in fitness and health, and I use the TLE. TLE is a freedom framework of state of the spark and spark sites and, and spark bookkeeping and spark training. So the TLE is total life experience. You want to feel fulfilled. And then in the TLE, the total life experience, you want to feel happiness is when you feel a level seven to 10 in the areas of fitness and health, healthy, happy relationships, work I enjoy, and spirituality. You feel a seven to 10 in all of those. And if all of those can overlap, if you can do fitness and health with a loved one or a partner, healthy, happy relationships, and those, those Venn diagrams begin to overlap and you feel a level seven to 10, man, you're starting to really feel what we call the total life experience. You're feeling happiness and joy in what you do. You could put up with 
the craziness of the world a little bit more. You can produce quality material a little bit more. Hey, you want to produce better music, Leecher? You want to produce better microgreens, Lisa? Grant, you want to produce a better business or a better show or better coaching clients? Get to the gym, have healthy relationships, and have a deeper spirituality and feel a 7 to 10 and all of those things, and stuff starts to get better. So in fitness and health, we have habit one. I'm going to cover habit for fitness and health, which would basically be daily exercise. I need to shape the, uh, the habit of daily exercise. For healthy, happy relationships, I want to develop empathy and influence skills to the next level. For work I enjoy, I'm trying to build up my marketing platform. Man, that's a pretty complex thing. What's my spark atomic habit for that? And number four, for spirituality, let's say meditation. Let's say you're trying to take meditation, but it seems so complex and it seems so spiritual and weird. What are the spark atomic habits of these things? What are the smallest possible units to do that? Let's talk about this. Habit number one. Let's say you're trying to build the lagging result of daily exercise. Here's the leading spark atomic habit I want for you. Habit one. Here we go. Prepare the night before. your gym bag. If you go to the gym and that's your place for fitness and health in the morning or whatever it is, my leading habit, the, the smallest possible unit I could do is pack my gym bag the night before. I know there's a, I know absolutely there's a direct correlation that when I do not pack my gym bag the night before, it's 50-50 if I get up and go to the gym. If I go to bed in the wrong outfit, if I am not wearing my gym outfit, I will not go to the gym the next day, right? If I have to change and put on clothes and do all this mess. But if you have the leading action and you focus on the leading habit of preparing the night before, boom, I pack my gym bag. I, uh, all you have to do is get up and put on your shoes. Like I pack it so that my keys are there, my hat's there because this crazy hair is crazy when I wake up in the morning. My wallet, my keys, right? And then my gym bag and then my shoes so that when my feet hit the ground, they bump into the shoes. I can't help but like slip them on, right? And then once I got my shoes on, my brain kicks into a new gear. Now here's a bonus health leading habit, a spark atomic habit. Here's the leading action. If the, if the goal is to eat right and make good eating decisions, the leading action is this. Drink a full glass of water first thing when you get up before you walk out the door. I put my shoes on. I have my bag. I got my hat on. I go to the kitchen and I drink a full glass of water. Full glass of water. Then that hits a domino where when we go throughout the day, when we're about to break our morning fast or eat lunch, we'll drink a full glass of water. And me and Marissa do this kind of together. She drinks a water, a bottle of water all the time. And now like that massive hunger pain goes away for at least a microsecond. And now we can make better food decisions. We can decide to split a meal or decide to eat, I don't know, a salad instead or start with the greens, right? But even if you do a splurge meal, if you start with that water, it starts to hit the dominoes in the same way. So the main habit, pack your gym bag the night before. And the bonus habit is actually drink a glass of water. Now, Grant, this isn't rocket science. I thought I was here at State of the Spark to get rocket science. This is rocket science. This is a spark atomic habit taken from James Clear, the smallest possible unit where the dominoes start tilting your direction. If you have been sluggish, if you have not been getting to the gym, I love you. Here's my love. Pack your bag right now. If you missed the gym this morning, 
What time is it? It's 719. If you missed the gym this morning, pack your gym bag now. And before you go to bed, put on clothes for tomorrow's gym, drink a glass of water. And then when you wake up in the morning, drink a glass of water before you head out the door. Habit number two for building healthy, happy relationships. If my goal is to develop empathy and influence skills. I could take courses, super complex and time consuming. I could, I could, you know, uh, get a coach. I could put myself in sticky situations, man. All that's so complex. Here's the leading action. Eye contact and play the question game. The very next time you encounter somebody, I don't care if it's at the post office or over coffee, put your phone face down because usually notifications turn off these days and listen to the person and ask a question. And when they tailor or come to the end of their discussion, ask another question. You're going to play the question game. So habit two for building healthy, happy relationships is focusing on eye contact and asking questions. Here's the dominoes. If you make eye contact, they'll feel better and you develop connection, which is core to empathy. We talked about radical empathy in one of the past episodes. Marissa, if you're watching or if someone's watching, post the link to the radical empathy video. It's also in our YouTube, whatever. We can get that later. But part of this is deep connection. So eye contact is the number one point of connection. Touch is the other. But we don't know about touch right now, but you can make eye contact. And then when you ask questions, you actually learn about the person. So if I want to build this very complex habit called empathy and influence skills, I can do the micro habit of eye contact and asking questions. Super important. Habit number three, spark atomic habit number three. And for three and the TLE, the third phase is work we enjoy, enjoying what we do and doing what we enjoy, right? So if I have a current goal, which I do, this is a real goal, build up the marketing platform for State of the Spark and the Spark brands. Man, I got to get automation. I got to write so much content. I got to write blog posts for Spark Slides, blog posts for Spark Training, blog posts for State of the Spark. Do I brand grantnadu.com or do I brand stateofthespark.com? Oh, I got so much I got to do to build up the marketing platform. And then I got to pay for this ad, this ad, this ad. What am I going to do? Well, here's the very simple leading action. Do this show. As I do the Spark show, I find out what people resonate with. I touch a much broader audience because more and more people are watching the show all the time. I get texts and messages. Thank you, inspired my life. Hey, I'm about to have a follow-up coaching conversation with a person who found me because of the show. Hey, if you like the show, share it with somebody. It gets shared. I'm not paying for ads yet, though I could pay to boost these posts. It's fantastic. Marissa, thank you, my love. She must be watching in the other room. She posted... Um, the Radical Empathy episode number 69. Go check that out. It's a powerful episode. But when I do the show, it hits so many other boxes. So I'm focusing on my craft. I have to read about neuroscience for the other new segment. I read on science science, and this is all making me better at coaching. I flip through my coaching book before I come on here to make sure that I'm working in gaining you actual insights. I have to have constructs to give you so that you have good takeaways. This show is making me a better coach. It's expanding my platform. And when we hit on a show that really resonates with people, then I put marketing money into that and it blows it up. And now I'm building authority and I'm wearing the brand. And the brand is also like right there in the corner of the show, right? And then at some point, I'll actually hide this and put this up and I'll actually, uh, here we go, actually put it right there. So like that marketing is happening. 
This show has been the most, the number one expensive thing. Now, if this isn't your temperament and this isn't your personality, hey, don't put yourself in a situation you can't handle, but this fits my personality, right? The freemium value is huge. Do you know we take these videos and turn them into infographics and we have a whole funnel for that? The number of leads we've gotten is amazing. So here, here's my habit for you. If the goal for work we enjoy is to build your marketing platform in your small business, do your version of this show, whether it is a show, I encourage it. Let's be on each other's show, whether it's a podcast. Marissa, uh, Lisa says you doing, you bring people to you, Lisa. I love that. Let me, let's put that on the screen for people who's watching from everywhere. You doing, you bring people to you. Look at Lisa Welsh getting it. That's fantastic. You doing you bring people to you. Lisa Welsh is fantastic in person. In fact, her videos and her Facebook stories have so much personality. You got to check that out. Thank you so much, Lisa. I love it. Boom. Here's habit number four. Well, and let me let me cap that off. Habit number three, if you want to build uh, work you enjoy, hopefully your business or your nonprofit, if you're trying to build up your marketing platform, you do you as Lisa says. If that's live events, great. If that's one-on-ones, that's great. Marissa is building her marketing platform. She's focused on Instagram. Her leading action is Instagram. She gets so many people to follow. Her, her follow-up actions, that hits a series of dominoes. They see us doing awesome trips like her doing the Colorado Trail. She's putting together a secret, not-so-secret trip going on right now. And as she shares that, she then does one-off individual message invites. And then suddenly there's eight girls in a room talking about this next trip that they're shaping together. That was her marketing platform. I go, bro I go broader. Marissa goes deeper. Her temperament will never be this video. But her temperament, she's found something that works. Instagram works really well for Marissa. What works for you? Do your version of this show. Don't look at this show and think, oh, Instagram is not that big, is, is not the same thing. It's not making the same impact. Yes, it is. If it fits your temperament and you do it well. We met a musician. Um, Marissa, if you can remember the gal, uh, I'd love to tag her. She's a musician that we had lunch with Dory and Marissa and this gal. And we talked about her music and SoundCloud was her deal. She's a musician. She does SoundCloud. So I said, what if you could jump on there and actually record your how-to's from an auditory perspective, find your version of the show and do that. That will build your marketing platform. Lisa Welsh says, you doing, you bring people to you. Uh, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. I include do what you love and you probably have, won't have to market that much more in your life. Let's move on. Habit number four. If you want to become better at meditation for spirituality, and by spirituality, I don't mean connecting with the deeper Buddha. <laughs> I don't mean losing your Christianity or whatever it is that you have conflict with meditation as a spiritual practice. Meditation for me is a spiritual practice because focus is a spiritual practice. But people complicate it. Sit down, have the chimes, play the music, do the incense, focus, look into the flame and know everything about the flame. Like, what the crap? Meditation is a spiritual practice because it is spiritual to be focused and aware and present in your daily life. It's a spiritual practice, as Tim Ferriss said, in a world of multitasking and inefficiency and digital dependency, focus is a superpower. It's a miracle. It's a spiritual miracle. So you really should add meditation as a habit to your world, but it can get complex. So that's the lagging action. Here's the leading habit I want for you. Sit down for five minutes, five minutes. 
stare at a tile on the wall or the footboard across, stare at a point at the wall and try to think about nothing but that point on the wall. Where did it come from? How did it get here? As soon as you find yourself drifting into imagination, which is powerful in a different context, as soon as you find yourself driven into imagination and wondering about that painter and what's going on with the painter, come back to the spot on the wall or the tile on the wall and think about nothing but that tile on the wall. Describe it to yourself. It is ceramic. Or if it's a footboard, it is wooden. Describe its color. Observe it. And as soon as you find yourself drifting, which you will, and it's part of the process, come back and focus to that point on the wall. So Grant, meditation, you lower your heart rate. Meditation, when someone's yelling at you, you can focus and think clearly and level yourself and not escalate. Meditation, you can absolutely hear through all of the noise that we talk about the accelerated marketplace. Meditation helps you get absolutely clear and make better decisions, but you don't have to work on all that. You just need to work on the point on the wall. Lisa Welsh says, I'm going out for coffee after a drop of these greens. And even though I don't drink coffee, no one will ever find me there so I can focus. That's exactly it. You go to where you can go so that no one interrupts you so that you can focus. So this habit, this spiritual habit of focus that everyone talks about and overcomplicates and calls meditation. You got to sit like this and sound like this. Forget that. Forget that. Just sit and clear your thinking and focus on one thing for five minutes. Just like you're practicing sprints in the park or push-ups at the gym, you're practicing the superpower of focus. Now, I hope these four items have been uh, helpful to you. Let me give you a secret, secret bonus. I want to show you a secret that I have. It's a secret bonus for those of you, for the, for the bonus for those of you who have stuck around for the show or might be listening to this later all the way through. Here's the secret bonus. I'm going to share it right now. You ready? Boop. I share that with you as a top secret of what I do because I also do that. Let's, let's look. I also remind myself here, the backdrop to my cell phone. The course, the top 100 Dream Igniter. I know it's not completely clear, but that's the backdrop to my cell phone as well. I've also got my dream machine. These are all small, single unit habits. That I, It's a habit because I look at my desktop to work. I glance at my goals. There's nothing I have to do there. That is the smallest possible unit. That's what makes it a spark, atomic habit. I love what you guys have done. Thank you so much for everything you've done. We're going to take off today. We're going to actually uh, leave off here. Marissa says she can't hear me, so I hope you guys can hear me now. I'm back. Um, but what I'd like for you guys to do today is write down your top habits. Write down your vision board. Show me what it is you're doing and what habit you want to make, or if we need to carry the conversation over to the Goals and Gratitude group, let's do it. Here's to you having a phenomenal, good morning, Brock. Love to see you out there, man. I hope you have a phenomenal day. Go out there and crush it. But here's the thing. Don't worry that you have to bite off the big chunk. You just need to take it one piece at a time. I want to hear what your micro habits are that lead to bigger habits in the comments here in the Sparkles and Gratitude group. Thank you so much. And remember, 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 the mission today, igniting lives of explosive significance. But remember, starting with small habits, start with your own. I love you. Have a great Monday. 